in truth, all of life is a meditation. Because all it is is focus. And where we focus is what we're going to experience. And that's the simplicity of it. Most of the time when we're in the physical body, we're busily, basically, 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 is that it? I said it again. I guess it's a new word. Basically. Basically, we're busy, which means basically. We are focused into the physical. And so our soul is there having the experience. And it's as simple as that. And at times, look, even when we're not focused on the physical, like say we have some physical action to do, that when we're just sitting, then our mind might become more active or the emotional level. And so our attention may be more focused into the mental or emotional and we'll be caught up in that process. Still a meditation. Meditation doesn't necessarily have anything to do with God. Meditation is really just where we place our focus. That's it. So what are we meditating on? That's the question. What are we meditating on? And there's the freedom of choice. It's just in this world, there's a thing called gravity. And another way or another word for gravity, spiritually, it's referred to as karma. Same thing. Gravity, it pulls you down. Mind, emotions, imagination, body, pull your focus down. Who you are spiritually is pulled down so that you do focus into to have experience in these other dimensions and realms. So it serves a wonderful purpose. Wonderful purpose. It ain't negative, it ain't evil, it ain't bad. It just looks, sounds, and feels that way. Who am I kidding, right? It's hell. What? Well, that's the experience here. That's what the experience of separation is from the divine. When we're in this experience of separation, we see the darkness, we feel the pain, we hear the suffering. And that's what keeps us in the experience of separation. But that's why in here you always hear us talk about how this is just an illusion. It's a dream. That's the whole thing with Shakespeare, the Midsummer Night's Dream. It's all but a dream. The soul has simply fallen asleep to its truth. A spirit has fallen asleep. Well, there's the original falling. Whether you talk about Adam and Eve or however you want to give the metaphors or the mythology around it. It's just simply that the soul has dropped its focus from that of the divine into the world. If we can remember and keep things on a simple basis, as I'm describing, it starts to remove all the negative and positive, the good and the bad, the right and the wrong. And that's an important part of this journey because in this journey, we have to be willing to give up those perspectives of right and wrong. We have to be willing to let go of our righteousness as well as our wrongsciousness. Well, you know, that's what we do, don't we? If we're making something wrong, we're automatically making something else right. And if we make something right, we're automatically making something else wrong. You're screwed, no matter which way you do it. That's how polarity works. It's gotcha. You think you're outsmarting it? Don't be such a dumbass. I know so many people who think they're so intelligent and they got it all figured out, and yet there's this other part of them where they're totally, totally blind. 
That's just another way of saying they're really stupid spiritually. But you see, that's the game the mind will play on us. The mind will think it has it figured out. And once it's got it figured out, it's okay. Well, here's an easy way to know if you're falling for that trap of the mind. Have you woken up and seen the face of God? Have you had the direct experience where your soul has merged in that divine, living, loving essence of God, consciously, fully awake and aware, in full knowing, full consciousness? Have you had that? If you haven't, then don't fall for the trap of the mind. Because the mind will even tell you, oh yeah, I had that. And then it'll look, trying to be intuitive and psychic. Yeah, I'm sure I probably have. Yep, I did. Mind will play all kinds of games. Call it psychic, intuitive, call it whatever you want. It's all game. This is an action of direct personal experience. You've got to start going beyond all these tricks and games that the mind, emotions, imagination, and body will play on the soul. Because if they don't, they'll lose grip. Because what gives them life? But the soul is the life essence itself. Without the soul, the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and body would cease to exist. It's the battery. It's the energy source that gives them life. It gives them expression so that they can be animated. You take the energy source away, it doesn't move. There's no expression. Simple as that. Simple as that. You know, a lot of people talk about the pitfalls and the traps of any spiritual journey. But to me, we don't spend a lot of time talking about that because I think sometimes when we talk about anything too much, we have a tendency on this human level to give it too much credence or focus. And then we spend our time fearing and being concerned about, am I going to trip? Am I going to fall for the trap? And then we're so busy looking for the traps we lose sight of why we're even doing it in the first place. So why not make it easier and just keep our sight set on what it is we want to experience and awaken to? This is a simplicity. You really do get what you focus on. It's just challenging here because these karmic energy fields are like gravity and they can have a very strong, strong pull We'll have moments where we feel peace or bliss and think we have a level of freedom. In the very next moment, wham, something comes in and just knocks us down. That's how it works. But if you ever stay present on the divine, all those energy fields that are whirling around, those gravitational poles, they'll come on right on through and try to knock you down. But if you're living in the divine essence, they can't knock you down. The only way you can be knocked down is if you're holding on to something. If you're attached, in other words. For karma is, it's attachments. If you are attached to anything in the mind, the emotions, or the body, then as those energy fields move, they can knock you down and you're going to fall right with it because you are attached. But you are the one holding on. Oh my God. Sorry, you can't be a victim here. No victims here. Well, you, you can be. But if you claim you're a victim, then you're beginning to set yourself free. Yep, I'm the victim. I was holding on. It's all my fault. 
Well, guess what? That's not a bad thing to acknowledge. Because as soon as you get honest with yourself, well, what's another way of saying that? Being truthful, the truth will set you free. So if you're honest and saying, yep, I'm playing the victim, I'm attached, I'm caught up, I'm upset, I'm whatever, that's the beginning of you now beginning to let go. And that's a big key here. Most of us are trying to be free or neutral or detached, but all we're doing is trying. So what do we do? We often deny when we are attached. No, I'm neutral. I'm not reactive. I hate their guts. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm neutral. See, look, so calm out here in my expression. I'm not reacting. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Driving by in the car. I'm neutral. That's a peace sign. What are you talking about? But I'm neutral. Just because you don't express it doesn't mean you're neutral. Better off to say you're not neutral at all and be honest because that truth does set you free. That's the big key here. If you want the freedom, you got to be honest. Be honest. It's a huge, huge step. That's why... Heck, the Catholic religion knows. They do confession, right? There's a power there in confession. It's called getting honest. There's a difference here the way we're talking about it, though. It's not one about, you know, letting go of your sins or acknowledging your sins and then you're punished or you do your Hail Marys or whatever it is. It's not that type of thing. This is a pathway of setting yourself free. By you being honest with yourself, you set yourself free. And that in itself is enough. There's no penance you have to do. The only thing you have to do here is to forgive yourself. What is forgiveness though? It's letting go. By you being honest, you are now letting go of the very thing that was holding you, that you were holding on to to keep you attached and caught up and stuck and then knocked down from whatever movement took place with that. So the next time the energy fields come through and start knocking you down, let go. And then that, you've heard the phrase, that which can be shaken will be shaken. Same thing. So the thing you're hanging on to that you would have gotten knocked down with is you let go by forgiving. It'll still get knocked down, but this time it'll be knocked away because you've let go. And when it gets knocked away, then there's nothing for you to now grab and pick back up. You're free, in other words. But a lot of the times not being familiar with that freedom now that we're experiencing, having forgiven and letting go, we'll often try to find it again and pick it back up because some part of us has gotten so used to it, we look to it as our stability, our security. But here's a wonderful thing that happens for those of you that are really choosing to walk this path to sound and light, which is the action of God's grace living in us and through us. In that choice of really choosing God first and foremost and willing to let go and sacrifice everything to awaken into that. While God's grace then, as we let go, is going to come in and move these things and then remove them. So then we don't and cannot pick them back up. 
Lord of this world we call Cal Narengin or Lucifer, many other names, son of a bitch, that works good. <laughs> He'll still tempt us. It'll still be put up in your face. You see the energy swirling around, maybe feel them around you. But when you're really living in that flow of grace, you will not be able to pick it back up. You will not fall to the temptation. Isn't that funny? Fall to the temptation. That's the difference of when you're really living with grace and when you're not. When you don't have that grace there walking with you, supporting you, because that's what you're choosing to live in, then as the temptation comes back around, you'll pick it right back up. But when you're really looking for that greater awakening and liberation, even the part of you that out of addiction and habit and tradition and ritual will want to pick up the old way, you will not be able to because God's grace will not allow you to because you're choosing that and making that more important. And there's the blessings right there. A lot of us ask for blessings. Have God take things away from us? This is a lot of how it works. But first, we have to be willing to let go. That's usually the hardest part is the letting go. That's usually the hardest part is to really let go because of all the attachments we've developed physically, emotionally, mentally around people, situations, circumstances, especially the longer we've done it, the more we've developed these attachments. Though it's often harder to let go. But that's why it's taught to meditate daily. On a daily basis, because every time you sit down or lay down or stand up or however you choose to meditate, driving your car, eyes open hopefully if you're doing it while you're driving your car, you're focusing on the loving. The more loving you focus on, well, loving of its nature is free, is neutral. It releases and detaches us from all the things that would hold us in bondage through the mind, the emotions, and the body. So just by participating in the action of meditation, which is about loving God and opening to receive God's love for us, just through that simple action, day by day, step by step, we're getting freer and freer. Or another way of saying freer and freer is more and more detached. We've got less baggage, less of a karmic load. Things are lightening up. That's what happens. Because the weight of the karmas, the gravitational pull is not so heavy, the more we keep on loving. And loving is just another way to say grace. Grace is another way to say forgiveness, acceptance, loving. You know, our LAF acronym we talk about here, LAF, loving, accepting, forgiving. It's all an expression of the same divine essence. It's just another way to look at it, to work with it, to experience it. But as we do... And we get the benefit. Just as in the meditation, I talked about opening to like a river of loving flowing. Well, there is a true river of loving. It's called the light and the sound. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's called that divine essence of God's loving and expression. It is that that the soul came out on and is that that has always been with the soul and is that that brings the soul back home. But on this journey, 
It is a journey of awakening and returning home. This path, as it's known, is sound and light, or Surat Shabd Yoga in the East, or in Inner Light Ministries, we call it the path or the way, as Jesus did, path of liberation, of soul transcendence, so many names. It's all the same. But it is specifically an action by which when the soul is ready, that it is responding to God's call to return home. And then that action of God's loving, the Holy Spirit, the sound current, the audible life stream, now begins to work specifically with the soul to bring it home. And so that's what we share here, is that action of return with the soul coming home to God and the ways and means by which that action takes place so that you understand and have the greater clarity to be able to participate because it does take participation. If it did not, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would be awake and aware. Nobody would be under this karmic energy field or illusion or dream that we're living here, the state of separation. There is an action of participation of where we consciously make the choice, make the effort to join in that movement of loving, to practice loving, to practice acceptance, to practice forgiveness, to sing that song of love, that sacred name given in initiation. That is the key or keys that God has given to the soul that is ready to come home. It is only given then. Yes, it's a great blessing, and it is a direct expression of grace, but it is never forced upon any soul. It is only freely given when it is freely chosen. There's no way to manipulate or persuade, make believe, force or convince. That does not exist. It is impossible on this journey. The only thing possible here is complete freedom and joy and loving. Unconditional, no strings, no attachments, no hooks. It's up to you. The wonderful thing is, it's up to you. The wonderful thing is, it's up to you. And when you really choose it, God's right there with you. Everybody asks and wants God. Even the people who don't realize that's what they're doing, they're praying and asking for even physical things in life. That's what's going on behind it all. Why do people always want to be together with other people? God, I wish I could be with my family and love them all. How come no family? Every family's dysfunctional. Maybe that is functional, the dysfunction. Why is it we can't be born in the family and just be there and loving and be one big happy family? Instead, what do we do in the spiritual groups? That's my karmic, I mean biological family. And here's my spiritual family where I can come and feel loved and love other people. I like my spiritual family. I don't have the karma there. It's just where we're focusing. What are we doing while we're here together? We call it spiritual family, which is wonderful because we're focused on the spirit and we do it as a group or like a family. So we have spiritual family here because we're all focused in the same direction. We're usually in our biological families 
it's rare we're focused in the same direction. A lot of families try to force everybody to focus in the same direction. You're going to do it this way. Yeah, it's a great setup for rebellion. That's always the case. My favorite one was, I remember in high school, as semi-acquaintance with one of my buddies in my senior year whose father was a preacher, this kid was known as one of the worst drug addicts, party animals on the whole campus. And his father was a preacher. Right? The extremes. Here we go. That is the world. Polarity. It's what happens. You can't force anything. You try to force yourself, let alone other people, you're going to rebel. Anybody try to do a diet? Force yourself to do a diet? <laughs> and then what happens eventually? Doesn't work, does it? Rebellion. We'll try the opposite. I'm going to pig out every day the rest of my life. <laughs> try the opposite of diet, right? <laughs> you got a little reverse psychology. Maybe then I'll eat less. You probably will because you get so sick from eating so much, then you will eat less. Work it out where it works. Sometimes you do some crazy stuff. Maybe it's good to do that. Don't we learn out of anything we do, good or bad? Maybe that's really all it's about anyway. Maybe it's not about doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Maybe it really is just about learning from our experience, and that's it. Well, been there, done that, and here's what it was. That sucked. Been there, done that. That was awesome. I love that experience. And you go back and try to repeat it, and then it sucks because it's not as good as what you had the first time. Yeah, because you already did it. Now it's time to have a different experience. And so it continues. And eventually, listen, the soul gets bored. Just like a little kid, it gets bored with things in the world. The soul does too. Eventually the soul is going to get bored with this world. It's a big playground here. Just like on recess, you see a lot of fun and you see a lot of injury. It's a big playground. But eventually, the soul gets bored. Another way of putting it, gets tired of it, gets sick of it. Losing interest. Because once you've been around long enough and you've done enough, what more is there to do? Isn't it time to explore some other experience to have? That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here. Those of you that are really interested in following and moving towards God and like what we share here, it's for that reason. You're just completing. It's like, you know, been here long enough, done enough, bored. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit more. I might like to, you know, like to go visit Italy or something. But I don't know if I really care. But maybe I will, maybe not. I don't know, whatever. Well, right there, that's kind of usually what it is. You start losing interest. And so you just kind of finish up, you know, get the bucket list. Or in here, we call it the fuck it list. <laughs> fuck it. I'm not done with that. <laughs> whether you go and do it and get it done or where you say, nah, it's just a fanny, done with it. Did I say fanny? Yes. <laughs> a new wor another new word today. Instead of fantasy, it's a fanny. I think her tongue is out of body. <laughs> <laughs> Got my fanny list. 
I'm not doing ideal scenes or fantasy scripts anymore. I'm doing my fanny list. Yeah, that's usually where it ends up when it's on the way out, right? Okay, we're going to go down that road, are we? (laughs) So today I am talking a bit about completion because that is the other side of what's going on here. Like I said, we really like to focus more on where we're going and what we want to experience about the loving and God and awakening and returning. But there is the other side of the same coin, and that is the side of letting go, completing, finishing. There is that as well. So just remember that in this journey. For many years, when I was really focused on the letting go and completing of my experiences in the world, when I say the world, I don't mean just physical. I also mean the astral or the imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious, subconscious, all of it. I used to have a lot of experiences where I'd be moving backwards. I was moving towards God, but I was focused backwards into all the things that were undone inside of me. So that's a part of this journey, the old bucket list. It really is about completing and finishing things. So if you're looking to the past, instead of making it wrong, how about just acknowledging I'm completing the past? But also realize there's a way to complete the past, and that is through that wonderful acronym we share all the time here, that LAF. It is through the action of loving and accepting and forgiving that we do complete the past, that we do finish that which is undone inside of us. You know, some things we don't have to do physically in the world to get complete. A lot of the times it really is inside of us saying, you know what, fuck it, I don't care, I'm letting it go. And that's all you have to do. But if you do that and it's really not done, then don't kid yourself saying it's undone. Maybe there is something I need to go do. Be honest with yourself. Just be honest. If you need to go do it, do it. If you don't, don't waste your time. Go do something else that's going to really better serve you. But you got to be honest to really know what that is. And if you're not sure what that is, start asking yourself. Start asking. Maybe your bucket list is wake up to God, love God on a daily basis. My soul's going home. Well, that's a nice bucket list, isn't it? Because it's pointing the direction you want to go, and it's spiritual, not something in the world. Here's the other big key here. This is about God and spirit. But you've got to make it about God and spirit if that's what you really want and what you are going to experience. Every time you make it about the world, you try to figure out your karmas, try to get all the answers to get things right, it ain't going to happen. Haven't you already been doing that? Don't you still have the same questions? No matter how many times you've asked, what's next? What do I do? What's my physical purpose? What's my destiny physically? Physical, physical, physical. Let go of the physical. That's when you'll fulfill all of your physical destinies. Everything will get complete. The more you ask, the more you focus on the physical, you are actually getting in the way and blocking the action of spirit, which is your fulfillment. Your fulfillment is God. Your destiny is God. Your purpose is God. I've said this over and over. There's only one answer to every single question, and it's God. Not meditation. God. Meditation is a way by which we can move towards God. Put that on your bucket list. Put that on your ideal scenes and treasure maps. 
make everything you do, even the physical things you do, an action of going towards God, an action of loving. Then everything you do won't be done out of judgment and fear and trying to get rid of your karma. Everything you do then will be an expression of loving, of loving all your experience. Then you're loving God in all things. Rather than trying to get rid of everything to get to God, well, God's right here. Why are you trying to get rid of God right in front of you? Because that's what you're doing. If you're trying to get rid of the experience right in front of you, whether it's physical or, or disturbance, mental or emotionally, that's also God. This isn't a pathway of getting rid of things. It's a pathway of loving and acceptance. And the forgiveness part is to forgive the part of us that is trying to get rid of things. It's not Forgiveness is not about getting rid of the things we want to get rid of. Forgiveness is about loving the part of us that is trying to get rid of. That's what forgiveness is about. It's not even about forgiving other people. It's not about forgiving situations. It's not... Forgiveness is ineffective if that's the way we're using it. So if you're hearing what I'm sharing today, I'm saying get real. If you really want to wake up and know God truly, as I started off with, to see God directly, to experience you, your soul merging back into God, you got to get real with this shit. You really do. This ain't a game. It is a game. That's why I always say it's all entertainment. But the entertainment of the game is really the world. That's the real game. But once you understand how it works, then it's easy to play because inside of you, you know the purpose of it all. And you never lose your focus. Even if you get caught up in the game, you enjoy being caught up in the game, but you don't lose your focus of what it's all about. And that's the key here. Get real with what this is really about. Is it You really want just a physical good life? Let me put it this way. Would you really like a wonderful physical life? It's going to now create more separation from God? Or would you be willing to have a mediocre, maybe not so great life and wake up to God? I'm not saying you have to make a choice. It's just another way of saying, where's your focus? Because most of the time we're so busy focusing on creating a better physical life we then, in a sense, take ourselves even further away from God. How about just letting our life be the way it is? Well, my experience is when I do that and make it about God, then that action of grace comes in, and then whatever experience I need to have that is going to best serve my physical experience so that my soul gets liberated and moves into the greater experience of the divine... Well, I've now created the space for that to happen, and then it can happen. Didn't I say earlier, it's only done freely. It's out of our choosing. God doesn't do it to us, not forced upon us. It's out of our freedom of choice and our participation in that, that it can unfold and be done. That's what God's ever waiting for, ever, ever waiting, ever patiently waiting Not really waiting, but yeah, waiting, maybe. I say stuff like that because that's the game part. You get, you know, stop playing the games, in other words, because the mind is always going to play the games here. 
and try to figure it out. You just got to eventually give it all up and say, okay, and accept the mind. Yep, there's my mind. Oh, there it is, playing that game again. Hey, that's kind of cool. Oh, my mind likes to play games. Hey, that's fun. Oh, a little kid inside of me likes to play games. Hey, I can play with my mind. That's right, go play with yourself. Your mind or whatever you want to play with. But do it with God. Honesty, truth. Get real. Get focused. Be aware. These are simple qualities or words that describe how you can really begin to live the greater truth of the divine. That's the journey. It's not about your physical journey and what you experience in this life and whatever timeline you're on. It's about the journey inside of you, regardless of what you're maneuvering around in this body and this world. That's the real journey inside. All the world does here is give us things to look at and then stimulate things in our consciousness. So look at more of what's triggered inside of you rather than what it is on the outside. Work more with that on the inner. And then the outer now will serve you rather than work against you and now pull your focus out there. Now the outer will reflect to you and can serve your soul in learning from its experience. You walk through life that way, you're going to get free. You're going to find greater ease, greater joy, greater fulfillment because of the way you are moving and coming from inside of your consciousness. It's a very different way to experience life. And it starts to happen that way anyway if you are meditating. A lot of what Jim and I do here is simply to describe the things that you're going to find out anyway as you do the inner work of meditation, which is just loving God and allowing God to love you. That's it. You do that, all these things we share in here, you're going to wake up and realize anyway. All this does out here is help stimulate that movement to help move it along, to stir it awake. But it ain't really going to wake up until you really wake up by doing the action of spirit, which is loving.